Well, good morning and welcome to church. Welcome here to New Life Church. So good to see everybody here with us this morning. I want to say hi to those of you who are participating with us online. We are thankful for that opportunity to provide that and that you are taking the time to do so and join us today. Well, listen, today's a special day. It's Heart for the House Sunday, and I'm excited about today what we get to talk about, what we get to share, what we get to celebrate in and remember together. I want to invite you to turn with me or, or, or click in your phones to Second Peter today. We're going to be in the latter half of the New Testament, Second Peter. And we're going to, uh, the plan is to, is to wrap up the series that we've been in called Moving Forward God's Way. You know how it started and then how it's going. How it started was at the beginning of the month which seems like a long time ago to me. I don't know if that feels, some of you feel that way or if you feel like January flew by. I feel like it was a snail crawling and just kind of sluggish. But sometimes that's what prayer and fasting does. It feels like a battle. It feels like a warfare. That's what Jesus went through in his 40-day wilderness time of prayer and fasting. But hey, he came out greater after he went in. And I believe in that for you, me, and this church uh, as well. And um, so how it started was the beginning of the year. We started off with our New Year prayer blessing, just leaning in and yielding to the hand of God to lead and guide us and to oversee our life and moving forward into remembering one of the things Paul said uh, to the church at Philippi, to the Philippians. He told us, hey, you need to focus on letting go of the past and you need to look forward with, to what lies ahead. And then last week we jumped into one of another Paul's letters to his protege, Timothy, and how he, he basically encouraged him to remember to find his affirmation in the God who is alive on the inside of him. He said, hey, don't let the fire of God go out in you, man. There's so many things that will try to quench the fire of the Lord in your life, and don't do it. Don't let it happen. Keep it stirred up. Keep, it, keep those flames fired up for God and basically, he said, look, you do that when you remember your affirmation is not in your success. It's not in your productivity. It's not in people. It is in God who, is, who lives in you. And so today, we're going to take some direction from Peter. And uh, it's one of his final letters that he wrote as well around A.D. 67. He wrote this shortly before his execution. Scholars believe that Peter chose to, when it was time for his execution to be crucified upside down. He did not think he was worthy enough to be crucified right side up like his Lord. He felt like he had disappointed him too much, and he was not worthy. And he said, do this upside down. That's what, there's nothing in the Bible that says that. It's just scholars, history, those types of things that lead us to believe that that's what happened. But he wrote this, one of his final letters just before that execution to, to encourage the believers to, re, to remember what is important so that they can continue in what is important. And that's what I've titled today's message, Remember and Continue. I think our theme for us this year is simply what we've been talking about all month long, and that is moving forward this year God's way. And let, let's reflect on that. Let's think about that. Let's, let's consider what that really means for us, especially over the last few weeks of the sermons and messages that we've had and heard and been a part of, and, um, and, and, and just think. Okay, this year, how would God have me handle this? How would God, what's God's approach on this part of life? 
What's his word have to tell me about what I'm dealing with or thinking about or what have you in this moment of life throughout this year? And so that's really where we're at as as we explore text this year. We're going to look at at that, at life through the lens of how would God have us to handle this? How would God lead us forward in that? So moving forward, God's way was not just a series, but really I believe it to be a theme for us as a church this year. And so Peter writes one of his final letters to the church, to the believers, to remember what's important and to be able to continue in what's important. And uh, let's look at uh, verse 3, 2 Peter 1, verse 3. We'll also be on the screens to follow along as well. He says, hey, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need. We just sang a song that Megan Pittman actually wrote that song that we sang this morning, our worship leader. Everything we need, God has given us for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and his excellence. We have everything we need as a believer in Christ Jesus We have everything we need by his divine power to actually live a godly life for the Lord. That he makes it possible. So we can't use the excuse, I can't. I don't know how. I don't don't think I have what it takes. Even though that's the real feelings, that's the real thought process sometimes. But faith says by the word of God in Christ, he has given me by his divine power the ability to live this godly life that he calls me to. I can raise godly children. I can have a godly marriage. I can have a godly family. I can make a godly difference. I can be everything God has called me to be because he is the one who is at work in me and makes it possible. Look on over in verse 8. He says, the more you grow like this, the more you grow in godliness, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's not enough to just have some knowledge, just to drop the knowledge bombs in life. It's not enough to just kick the knowledge with somebody. It's not enough to just know some of the Word of God. It's more about letting the God of the Word know us and let Him be alive in us. Because, come on, let's face it, there's plenty of people, believers, who say and can quote some Scripture, but they can curse somebody out in the next second, right? There's some people who can, who can quote some scripture out there, but then go and live a double life. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not making judgment calls. I'm just saying it's not enough to just have some knowledge of the word. You and I have to be committed to letting God know us and be real on the inside of us. Because last time I checked, God, Jesus said, I'm calling, calling you to make disciples, people who follow me. Not perfect people, not people who don't, mis- don't make mistakes, but people who are real and genuine, even when they do, they own it, they repent, and they get back up, and they keep going for the Lord. That's the kind of people and the kind of disciples God is calling us to do, to be, and to make. And he says, this is possible. Then he goes on in verse 9, he says, hey, those who fail to develop this way, those who fail to grow in godliness are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So he said, hey, not growing in godliness is a sign of being short-sightedness and spiritually blind. Unable to see the potential and the vision and and the plan and the will that God has for your life because you forget what he has done for you. 
You forget that you have been redeemed. You forget of the sins he has forgiven. You forget all the the price that he paid for you. You forget how he loved you even when you didn't know it. You forget how he watched after you and protected you when you didn't know it. You forget how he brought you home safe. You forget how he looked after you. You forget that when we're sleeping, he's not. We forget, and he says when we forget, we fail to grow in godliness. And then that's why he, he does, says this next part in verse 12. He said, therefore, I'm going to do something. He said, I'm going to always remind you about these things, even though you already know them. You ever talk to anybody like that? Maybe you're like that. I'm kind of like that. You already know it, so you kind of don't listen sometimes. We think, I know it. Why are you telling me? Why are you repeating, repeating, repeating to me? He said, I know you already know this, but I'm going to still tell this to you anyway. Because even though you're standing firm in the truth and you, that you have been taught, verse 13, it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. All right, Peter, we get it. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. And so I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I'm gone. I will, make, I will work hard to make sure you always remember. Remember so that you can continue. Remember what's important so that you can continue in what is important. That's why we take time periodically in our services to come to the Lord's table. As Brandon encouraged us and admonished us in that so that we would remember, as Jesus said, remember me as often as you eat this bread, as often as you take this cup. Because our hearts are prone to forget at times. You know, in March will be eight years since our church relocated here. Eight years in March. It's crazy. In April, it will be seven years since we officially became New Life Church. And we have a, we have a long history, like 42 years as a congregation. And, and we're seven years old as a new plant, if you will, a new transplant, if you can want to look at it that way, as New Life Church founded on, our, our, on the scripture, Colossians 3, 11, our founding verse. It says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, all that matters is Christ, and he lives in you. That's who we aim to be. We aim to be a church that makes Christ matter to everybody. Let's make Christ matter to everyone. He matters to us. He matters to others. He matters to your family. He matters to your, to your uh, co-worker. He matters to your friend at school. He matters to your teacher. He, he matters to your boss. He, he matters to the people who, write, who, who send you bills. Send me bills. I got plenty of them. He matters Christ is all that matters, and that's the kind of church he's called us to be, is a church that makes Christ matter no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what kind of past any of us have, because in Christ, the future changes. He changes the trajectory and the direction of every life. We're talking about remembering so that we can continue. In chapter 3, we're going to lay out Peter lays out four thoughts about some important things that we need to remember. And we're going to parallel these to as a church, to us as a church, but also consider how these apply to you personally in your own life today. 
First one is this, remember what God said. Remember what God said. Look at this in verse 1 and 2. It says, this is my second letter to you in chapter 3. This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And in both of them, he said, I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Remember what God has said. What about you? What has God said to you over the last year, over the last several years? What has he spoken to you? What has he revealed to you through his word? What has he spoken to you through other people? What has he challenged your heart with? Things that you know, man, I need to remember that. Maybe, maybe you forgot. Sometimes we forget and we need to just kind of remember to write it down and ask the Holy Spirit to help us remember what he's spoken you know, sometimes it's crazy. You'll go through some seasons and you'll get down, years down the road and you'll be in a, in a place of life in a situation and something that God spoke to you about five, ten years ago will come back to your mind or you happen to just kind of go through it in some notes or a journal or whatever on your phone and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That meant, that meant so much to me and now you're needing to draw strength and guidance from it in this day and time. You see, that's how God works. What God speaks doesn't end, doesn't die off. There might be some completion to what he spoke, but it will also later bring a breath of fresh air to you just when you need it. So it's important that we remember what God has said. God has spoken to us as a church, and he has promised some things to us. And not all of them have come to pass just yet. And I've kind of broken them down into five, five statements over, over the last seven, eight years of some, of some words that God has spoken to us. The first one is this. He's, God said that he would provide finances, facilities, and resources necessary for his plan for New Life Church. What are we going to do? We're going to continue to give. Amen? God said this. His presence would be evident in our worship gatherings. What are we going to do? We're going to keep praying, keep seeking, keep knocking, and keep believing that every time we gather, we will know and feel the presence of God in our life. God said this, that he would bring in the lost, the prodigals, and the laborers into New Life Church. What are we going to do? Sit back, chill, relax? No, we're going to keep serving the Lord together as the body of Christ. God said this, he will establish New Life Church to be a perpetual church for generations to come. So what are we going to do? We're going to keep remaining faithful as a congregation together. And lastly, God said this, he said that he would use New Life Church to be a church that sends out disciples who therefore go and make more disciples. What are we going to do? We're going to keep making disciples Amen. God has his part in what he says, but he also expects you and I to step up and to do our part every time. Amen. And that's why we have to remember what God has said. Secondly, Peter reminds us, remember what God has done. Remember what God has done. Look at this in verse 3. He says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Verse 5, they deliberately forget 
that God made the heavens by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Remember what God has done. So they forgot, and therefore they scoffed, they mocked, they doubted that God could really do what he said. And church, you and I need to remember and take time to reflect and remember all that God has done. Are we going to remember every single thing, every single encounter, every single experience, every single one? No, we're not going to, but it's good to take some time to try to reflect and, and reminisce and remember the successes, the, the wins, and the celebrations over our days. That's why it's good to take some time to do that every year at the beginning of the year or near the end of a year and just kind of think back over the course of the year and what he's, what God has done in our life. I don't know if any, how many are you on like face social media, but every, it seems like every day there's a memory that'll pop up. And that memory could be last year, that memory could be five years ago, or what ha- whatever it is. But uh, you see those sometimes, and, and it makes you stop, and you almost jump back in time at that moment when that picture or that, that, that uh, thing was posted. And it kind of makes you remember that moment in time. It, it was just recently, um, I think Lindsay showed me a picture of, of a memory of, of, of our two oldest when they were what, eight weeks old, something like that. They were, they were little, little bitty babies in nursery, side-by-side pictures. And we were looking at them, and, and we're like, that's crazy that, that they're going to be, what, 16 this year. And uh, driving, oh my, driving. Watch out, world. Remember what God has done. What has God done for you? Here's some few things God has done for our church over the last seven eight years. This is exciting. We have baptized, water baptized, 28 people in the last seven, eight years. What are we going to keep doing? We're going to keep preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will not be ashamed of the gospel, for in it is the power of salvation to those that believe. Amen? That's what we're going to keep doing. We've had the privilege of dedicating eight babies to the Lord. What are we going to keep doing? We're going to keep teaching the truth so that families can keep building their lives on the foundation of God's word and raise godly homes for the glory of God, discipling their own home. Amen? Amen? You guys believe in this stuff or I'm just going to preach to myself today? All right. Now, I know I've been rehearsing these thoughts for a while, but you may be just now hearing them for the first time, so it might take a minute to catch on. Remembering what God has done. We've had some of the most consistent participation of our next-gen ministry, our New Life Kids and Glare Youth over the last seven, eight years. What are we going to do? We're going to keep placing value on the next generation. We're going to continue to make room for them and give them a place, give them a platform, and continue to show them their purpose is in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we're going to keep doing. Hey, here's something God did through us. We launched a live stream and a YouTube platform. Hello, didn't know we could do that. And thanks to, man, amazing people who work behind the scenes who have made that happen and continue to make the improvements for us in that area. So what are we going to do? We're going to keep making a way because we get prayer requests from that and we get people sending us notes saying, hey, I watched today, I gave my life to the Lord today. Hey, I want to come to your church someday. All of those types of things 
come. It doesn't happen in massive waves, but hey, we'll take the ones that come our way because our church is continuing to make a way. Over the last seven or eight years, here's what we've done. God has brought in new members to our church, people who, who are willingly want to jump right in and serve the Lord. We've, we've welcomed over uh, 20 individuals into our church over the last seven or eight years to be members. What are we going to do? We're going to keep building people to love Jesus, to serve others, to give generously, and to pray fervently is what we're going to continue to do. And at the end of service today, we actually have some who are going to be joining our church. So we'll have a new member uh, ceremony here shortly at the end of today. And by the way, if you're not a part of a ministry serve team, I just, I just want to encourage you. We've been pushing this a lot over the last two, two months or so. And we want to encourage you to join a ministry serve team. All you got to do is text the word volunteer NLC, volunteer NLC to the number 97,000. Volunteer NLC to the number 97,000, and you'll get a reply, and then you'll get some follow-up from that and help you take your steps to be a part of a ministry serve team. Last year, celebration, last year was one of the highest giving uh, records that we've had since we moved here. Um, And we are honored, we are thankful and grateful for that. And what are we going to do? We're going to continue to be faithful givers in our church, and we're going to share the financial reports as well at the end of the service today. And we can't forget this. This is, this is a big one. Um, you guys remember it just shy of five years ago, um, our church paid off $1.3 million in debt. You guys remember that? Yeah, that, that was a load off. My name, our church name, all cleared. Praise God. Free and clear, free and clear, and we are, conti- we are still and will remain debt-free, praise God. What are we going to continue to do? We're going to keep being good stewards. We didn't get lax. We didn't go on a crazy spending spree or any of that kind of stuff. No, we kept at it and stayed within budget and continued to operate with good stewardship, and that's why we got great leaders around us who helped make that happen, man, and we should be thankful for that, that God puts good people in our life to help us be good stewards. We need to remember what God has done. Maybe you have a thought. Maybe you have something you can remember. I remember God doing that. Why don't you let us know? Take a minute to text text us, email us, let us know uh, what God that you remember God doing. And we'd love to share that in the coming weeks if you'll, if you'll do that. All right? You do that? You remember something God has done? You'll, you'll tell us? All right. I know you'll tell us, Tammy. You ain't scared. You'll tell us. Third. Remember God's time frame. This is, this is a challenge for us, or it can be. Remember God's time frame. Look at verse 8. He says, hey, you must not forget this one thing. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient. For your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. And the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. The heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. He goes on to talk about, but we look forward to the new heavens and the new earth. Remember, God's time frame. He said, to God, a day is like a thousand years. 
And a thousand years to the Lord is also like a day. I just want to drop this to you with that. Let's not live hurried lives. But let our lives hurry to seek the Lord. Man, we get in such a hurry, don't we? By the way, this service won't be over to like two today. We're going to take it real slow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, really. But we do. We get in a hurry, right? And and our minds get anxious. And we get consumed with all the things. And we can be challenged in this to not live a hurried life. Because that can be detrimental to our spirit and our soul. But one thing we should be in a hurry to do is to seek the face of God. Is every day to put Him first. Every day make it an aim to keep Him first. He said, because we don't know the day or the hour when Christ Jesus will return. We know He will, we just don't know when. And His patience is so that He can give everyone the opportunity to continue to say yes to Him. Aren't you glad he didn't come in the middle of that mistake we were making at that moment? (laughs) But he gives us grace to be able to turn around from it and to say yes to him. So let's not waste our days. Let's not waste our days. Moving forward God's way. Let's not waste our days. But let's be intentional. To live for the purpose of God as a person, in our homes, on our jobs, in our schools, with our friends, with our family, in our own neighborhood, and out in the community where we do all the different activities. Let's remember. Let's remember to live intentional for God's purpose and not get in such a hurry to bypass the process that the Lord often wants to take us through because the product of His process will us becoming more godly, being more like Jesus I wish I could tell you out of seven days, I have more days that I feel like I'm more like Christ than I'm I'm not. But that's not always the case. I I fall short, make mistakes, but I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the movement and and the nudging of the Holy Spirit to get me back on track and to get my focus where it needs to be and to get my heart where it needs to be. Amen? And that can't be, that's not a hurried process. That's not a hurried thing. The Lord is slow and patient because he wants to bring us all to the fullness of our salvation. And we need to cherish that. We need to cherish all of that and be intentional to live for his purpose. Lastly, Peter says, remember God's call to grow continually. Verse 17 
and 18. He says, I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time. Remember, it's his final letter. I'm warning you ahead of time, dear friends. Be on guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Don't be pushed off. Don't lose your way because of what everybody else might be doing. Don't get caught up in comparing yourself to others. Man, I find myself there sometimes, comparing myself, comparing our church, comparing our family to others. And it kind of makes me sick sometimes because I'm like, I feel like I should be so further down the road. I feel like, man, I should be so much greater than what I feel like I am. I feel like I should be a much better husband, a much better father, a much better leader and a pastor. Because I compare myself to what others are doing. And when we compare ourselves to what others are doing, we don't really realize what they really have gone through or what they're really going through or really what their process is like. We don't know what God's putting them through in this moment. And so we can't get caught up in looking to others. He said, here's what you got to do. You, personally, you must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he stamps it with this. All glory to Him, both now and forever. Amen. If we read that too fast, we'll miss something. That's what I want to show you. This letter starts, this part of this, these three chapters, they start with and they end with knowing God calls us as believers to live and grow in a godly life. How how does that happen? I think simply it happens when we just yield to the grace of God. When we finally come to the end of ourselves and we yield to the grace of God. Because here's the reality. You can't change you, and you can't change others. I can't change me, and I can't change other people. As much as we try, right? As much as we try, right? We try real hard to change other people. And God, just like God told me a couple of weeks ago, you may be in charge, but I am in control. That is a liberating statement. At least it is for me. And I'm still learning how to walk in that. But when I yield to the grace of God, I realize He's the one who can change me. He's the one who can change others. And I can't. His love, His power, and His grace go to work in our life when we yield to Him. And He ends it with all glory to Him now and forever. How does our life and how does our church bring glory to God? By acting super religious? No. Trying to play the part? 
Trying to look the part? Absolutely not. How does our life and how does our church bring glory to God? Again, as we yield, and as we yield, His grace goes to work in me, and His grace goes to work for me, and it reminds me that I don't do life, we don't do church all on our own. That He surrounds us with one another, the body of Christ, brothers and sisters in the Lord. That He gives us His Word. That He supplies His Spirit to live in us. The same life-giving Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive on the inside of you. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Everything you and I need to live and grow a godly life, God, by His divine power, has deposited on the inside of us. You and I have that working You and I have that advantage. Believers have that potential. How can we? Because the grace and the love and the power of God goes to work in me and for me as I daily yield to His grace. As I daily yield. And that's a freeing and charging thought that Peter says, remember, God is in you. God is is with you, God is for you. He is not against you. He is not against you. Remember that God is alive in you. God is alive with you and God is alive for you. That situation, that challenge, that debacle, that mess up, that that habitual sin in your life, God wants to help you. God wants to free you. God wants to transform your mind. God wants you to know there is a better way, and it's His way. And when we remember that God is with us and for us, then you and I are able to continue to move forward this year the way God desires. Amen. I want to move forward God's way, not just January, not just this one month, but I want all 12 months to count. I want all 12 months to see the fruit of God in my life, in your life, and in our church. So we got to remember a few things so that we can continue. We got to remember what God has said. You and I have to remember, we need to remember what God has done. Celebrate, rehearse, remember those things the Lord has done for you. How he provided for you. How he made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. Think about it. Remember, the time frame of God is not the same as ours. But let's not waste our days either and take advantage of his patience. Let's remember, we're called to continue to grow in this godly life. Let's put our feet to the path and move forward God's way this year. Amen, church? Hallelujah. In a minute, we're going to welcome new members and do our financial report. So, Lord, I just bless these people today. Just if you're able, where you're sitting, lift your hands. Lord, I just bless these people today, your people. Lord, bless us today with remembering 
what's important. Bless us, Lord, to remember so that we can continue. Lord, help us to remember what we need to. Yeah, you tell us, forget what lies behind. Yeah, go ahead and forget and put it under the blood where you've fallen short. But remember that Jesus paid the way and provided freedom and forgiveness through his sacrifice, through his life. Today, Lord, bless us to remember what you've said, what you've done. And Lord, we repent over wasting our days, wasting our time, living for the wrong reasons, going about situations for selfish gain, or just trying to prove a point. Forgive us today, O Lord, and help us to remember you're calling us to this process. You're calling us to this growth track of growing in godliness. And may we do it moving forward, not out of our own will, of our own self, our own ambition, our own strength, but may we continue to move forward in your grace. Help us to move forward in your grace. Lord, I release over these people today, your church, the ability to remember what's important, to be able to continue in what's important. And I believe, Lord, that you will begin to bring forth signs and wonders of your, gra- of your goodness and your grace in our life. That we will take note of it, we will sense it, we will see it, and we will thank you for it. We will be grateful for it. We will celebrate and give you honor for it. And our lives, as Peter ended his letter, our lives will bring you glory as we continue to yield each day to your grace. Oh, Lord, may your grace go to work in us. May your grace be at work for us to empower us. It is not by our might, not by our power, but it is by your spirit that brings forth the results. So come Holy Spirit and fill our life fresh and anew. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, we're going to celebrate a little bit more today with welcoming some new members into our church. And 